Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mitzi and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today we have a special guest on the show. I have Patricia here who is going to be speaking about how she uses emotions to move energy through her. Hi. What got you in this journey of helping others? So, well, I've always had that feeling that I wanted to help others and I'm quite sure I decided that, but as I got closer to graduating from high school, I wanted to do something and I was always uh, very attracted to beauty and fashion. So I went into the beauty business and I was in the beauty business for over 35 years. But what really changed my life, what really was such a life-changing event was when I was diagnosed with cancer in 2002, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And it was, of course, very, very scary. I had two small children at the time. And only nine months prior to my diagnosis, my father-in-law died from kidney cancer. So, of course, our family was, you know, really freaked out. And <laughs> I thought to myself, well, I can't die. I have two children to take care of. So I just kept thinking to myself, what is the coincidence? Like, what are the odds that I would have the same disease as my father-in-law where there's no blood relation? So I just started thinking like my gut told me there's something I need to know about this what is it and so I just kept praying every day help me see what I need to see help me know what I need to know there's something there I'm not seeing it what is it and I felt very strongly that this disease was upon me because it was something I was supposed to learn or do with it and I just a natural gut reaction so I went through the process of you know they removed my right kidney there was a huge mass on it when I was home recuperating from that and waiting for the biopsy results to come through to see if any of the uh, lymph nodes around there had been affected or if they were able to find surrounding tissue that contained some of these kidney cancer cells. While I was home, someone gave me a book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that book. No. Louise Hay was kind of a pioneer in the mind, body, wellness, spirituality. And she actually wrote multiple books and then started her own publishing company. And someone had given me this as a gift. And I started reading it while I was home recuperating, which was about two weeks after I had been diagnosed. And it's a book about how the negative emotions, the negative energy, which of course your emotions, I break down that word into energy in motion, emotion. If it's negative, you will hold it someplace in your body that has something to do with what you believe and what you think about yourself negativity wise. And it will park someplace in your body that has like, if you're truly heartbroken, it will park someplace that negative energy will park someplace around your heart for a lot of other gut related, how I feel about myself related emotions are stored in the sacral chakra, which is, you know, around the belly button area and the lower back. And so when I got to the part in her book that says, why do you think you need to have this disease? Because the book is really about understanding that everything that happens in our life is based on what we believe about ourselves. And we create the difficulties, the happiness, the joy, whatever, think about ourselves, either positive or negative. So when it got to the point in the book where she asks you to ask yourself, why do you need to have this disease? It was like a lightning bolt struck me. And I knew immediately that growing up in a very dysfunctional alcoholic household, there had been some domestic abuse, there certainly verbal abuse, just a lot of very negative energy 
all children, we look at the surrounding, what's going on around us and try to make sense on what does that mean to me and what does that mean about me? And so I had all these negative beliefs about myself and I realized that I had so much anger and anger is stored in the bladder slash kidney area. And that just blew my mind that I was able to contribute to my own disease because of this negative emotion. I was like, that just blew me away. So I thought I need to know more about this. So I studied, that was back in 2002. So I studied every mind, body, wellness book, audio. Back then it was, you know, me, I would walk every day as I was recuperating from the surgery. I would walk every day and I'd have my little walk man with me listening to, you know, tapes, any audio, CDs, etc. And I just studied everything that I could to understand how our mind relates to our body and how the synchronization of that either makes us healthy or unhealthy. And what I learned was it's really about what we believe about ourselves. And depending on what we believe that negative energy is stored in different areas of the body. And that was, I would say that started in 2002. And then by about 2017, I thought I had really changed my life. I had changed what I believed about myself. I was able to let go of a lot of anger, heal a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, just a lot of negative energy I'd been holding on to. And by 2017, I wasn't even the same person that I was back in 2002. Like my family, my husband, everyone was like, wow, it was a, an evolutionary change. It wasn't anything that happened overnight, but I started to question everything about my emotions and ask myself, like, why do I need to have that emotion? What does that emotion mean? What do I think that means? Is that actually true? Or is that just a perception that I've been holding on to? Is that really the truth? And I worked myself through all of those questions. And we all have the answers inside of us. If we want to know they're stored in our subconscious. If we say, I want to know what the answer to this is, the answer will come up. It might be right away. If you have a lot of resistance to the answer, it might take a little while, a couple of weeks, a month, but the answer is there, you know. And so I started to really get good at this, like really understanding why something triggered me, why I didn't like something, why I didn't like someone, et cetera. And it just really changed my life. So by 2017, I thought I would just really like to share this with the world. So I wrote a book called Daydreams Come True with all the lessons that I had learned, but it's really more of a workbook. It's not really a story about me as much as it is a workbook for the reader and asking them all the really important questions I had used on myself to make changes in my life. And so it's a six chapter book and it takes you through the process from beginning to end and then how to now take this new belief system that you can work with and how you implement that into the world. Here I am. So now I do classes and one-on-ones and help people change their belief system. That's amazing that you were able to take your struggle and flip it around and not allow it to destroy you, but to change you for the better, as well as help as many people as you can around you. And that is absolutely amazing that I didn't know that if you retain these emotions in and you won't let them go, that they're 
actually attack you. You know, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying, though. It absolutely makes perfect sense. Because when you were explaining it all, I was like, you know what, that really makes sense. Because I was just gonna say, I know when I'm getting sick is when I'm starting to feel bad, or when I'm starting to tell myself or accept the negative thoughts that are coming in, then I realize, oh, I'm getting sick. But then as I start getting healthy and start feeling better, as soon as I start rejecting those emotions, rejecting those negative thoughts, rejecting all of that. And I'm like, you know what? That is exactly right. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely is. And for me, the biggest confirmation, the last piece of that story that I forgot to add on to is every year I would have to go back to my urologist who had done the surgery to remove my right kidney. And he told me that I would have to come back every year because with kidney cancer, they never know, even though they were not able to find any evidence that the cancer cells were in the lymph nodes or were in any surrounding tissue. The miracle of that biopsy result that I got way back then was that as the mass grew on my right kidney, it shut down. The kidney just shut down and the left kidney took over. And that was really what saved my life because wow. nothing went through that right kidney to be able to carry those cancers for the rest of my body. When the biopsy results came back a couple of weeks later, that was even more compelling for me. Like, whoa, this is a huge wake up call. Like this is a miraculous event for me that I need to utilize. And again, I jumped into knowing everything I could about it, but every year I would have to go back to the urologist because I guess the next stop on the kidney cancer express is in your lungs. So I would always have to go back for a chest X-ray and lung scan and et cetera. And this was annually. And when we got to the five-year mark, I said, Oh, am I safe now? And he said, yeah. No, because with kidney cancer, we never know if any of those cells travel through the kidney and are parking someplace dormant in your body that may be triggered. So we will have to keep, you will have to cut them every year for the rest of your life. And that was very upsetting to me. Like, wow, I have to worry about this for the rest of my life. But then at that moment, I said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. Worry is a negative emotion. And if you add that negative emotion to it, then you will just perpetuate it. So I said, nope, this happened for a reason and there will be no other further incidences of cancer. And he said, you'll never be cured. He said, you'll just always have to be on the lookout for this. So fast forward to 2018, I go back from my annual and he says, I think after what was that 16 years now, he said, I think we can use the word cure. And I almost fell off my chair. I said, what? Like so many years ago, you told me that wasn't possible. And he said, well, he said, after 16 years of not having any incidents, whatsoever. And because we've made, you know, more inroads with studying this, he said, I feel 99.9% .9 confident in saying that you're cured. So to me, that was a huge confirmation that what I had done to change what I believed about myself and change the emotions that I store in my body to being positive and not negative, that healed me. And that was a confirmation for me. Wow, that is amazing. That's a blessing. Wow. Congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that. Falling off of your chair is not good enough. I would have rolled off a mountain. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> to say that you're cured. Like the doctor said, that's now, very rare. 
It is. So now I only have to go back every other year just to check the remaining kidney just to make sure that the kidney function is fine, but they're not on the lookout for cancer anymore, which is like miraculous, I think for me. No, I agree. I would be on that boat with you. Yes, it is miraculous. <laughs> it's amazing that now you're at this point of like, you chose to have that peace of mind that you weren't going to allow it to interrupt your life. But then now you really have that peace of mind that it will never have to be a worry. You know what I mean? It's not even in your shelf of worries for later on when you want, you know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. So I know you stated that it wasn't an overnight recovery. Wasn't it like it took time to get to where you have that steady belief system now? Would you say that it was really hard to change your belief system to get to this point? Does my question make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think that any inner work that we do Anytime we shine a flashlight into our internal belief system, it can be painful because it means that we have to look at things we believe about people in our lives, who we are, who we think we are. We have to look at that really intently and, and ask ourselves, is that really true? So for me, I always felt that I was never enough. I wasn't smart. I didn't have enough money. I didn't have enough love. The list goes on and on and on. And that I didn't have much value in the world. So you just learn how to do the world through that kind of environment. And once you start asking yourself, so for instance, right around the time that this was happening and I was waiting for the biopsy results to come back at home when I was recuperating from the surgery. My husband told me that family friends of his parents made a trip to a shrine for Padre Pio and so that they could light a candle for me. And I burst into tears and said, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. I don't deserve that. They made that trip for me. I don't deserve that. That's the way I felt. I didn't deserve to have happiness or love or whatever that was. So for anyone, I don't want to discourage people and say, oh, it's the hardest thing I ever did. It's hard, but it's so unbelievably rewarding that whatever hard work you have to go through is going to make your life happier than you could ever imagine. Because when you hold on to negative energy, you really can't imagine the joy and happiness that your life can be because that's not been your experience. You don't even really know what that looks like. But as you start evolving and you take each belief piece by piece and you question it, and ask yourself, is that really true? I mean, there's been times when I've said to myself, is that really true that I don't deserve? Like, why? Why wouldn't I? And why do I think that? And I would ask those questions. And of course, events, things would come up that would be painful. And I would have to remember them and then kind of cry through it. But look at it again from an adult version instead of a childlike version. Look at it and say, that's not really what that situation meant about me. That's what I thought it meant because I had a childlike mind and that's how I processed it. But as an adult, I can go back and look at that and say, that's not what it meant at all. So when you do that little by little, you can let go of all these beliefs that we've created as children in our childlike mind and really ask ourselves, 
ourselves, is that what this really means? And realize, no, that's wrong. That's not true at all. Yeah, no, it sounds right. It, it sounds like you really had to get a 360 perspective. You know, you really had to put yourself in a different position each time to be able to understand what you were feeling and why you were feeling that. So Absolutely. I applaud you on that because it does take time for that, for someone yeah. to even obtain that thought process. You know, you have to slowly develop that thought process where you're able to have a 360 perspective and you're able to look at it from different point of views because sometimes we can't be blindsided by how we choose to perceive life like if you're choosing to see it in a childlike mindset well then that's what you're always going to perceive you know and if you choose to see it as a adult mindset all the time then you always perceive that way and sometimes we need to take ourselves out of a stuck position and know that we're not statues and we can move around you know what I mean so thank you for that because I think it needs to be said not a lot of people express it in that manner where you have to do that you know so for you teaching other people how to do that is very good because let's be honest a lot of people need to do that you know if common sense isn't common then I doubt people can have that 360 perspective right away either No, because we go through our life like this with blinders on. So I'll just tell you a little story that I think helps to illustrate what we do as children to create these beliefs. So many people have negative beliefs because of traumatic situations, but it doesn't always have to be about traumatic situations. It can be simple things that you perceived as a child to be a certain way, and that wasn't true. So I always use this story when I'm working with people so that they can understand. So there were these two little boys who lived next door to each other other, Danny and Bobby. Bobby lived in the house with the red door. And Danny always liked to go to Bobby's house with the red door because Bobby had better toys and a really nice playroom. And his mom would always serve them snacks. And it was just way more fun to go to Bobby's house every day and play. So every day, Danny would go over and knock on Bobby's red door and his mom would let him in and they would play. And one day, Bobby's mom was trying on a costume for a Halloween party she was getting ready for. And she had a scary monster outfit on. She forgot to take off the mask. And when she opened the red door and Danny was there, like, oh my God, he was so scared. He ran away. Oh my God. He, the red door, she of course went after him to, you know, took the mask off, said, no, it's just a costume. But in that moment in time, when that red door opened and there was something scary in front of him, that was a traumatic, it could have been a split second, but it was a trauma. The brain registered it as a trauma. He was very scared. And so what remained about that is as children, remember that we are trying to figure out what's safe, what's unsafe, how do we fit in the world? How do we fit with this person? How do we fit with that situation? We're trying to figure out how we fit in the world as who we are, or do we have to change who we are to fit in, that kind of thing. And so in that moment, his belief became red equals scary. So he went on to be a little boy who would never wear red shirts. He wouldn't eat red candy. He didn't play with red cars. He just really had this really negative belief about red. Red is bad. Red is bad. Red is bad. That's all he kept thinking. And he grew up to be an adult that he had an opportunity to buy this really great red sports car from his friend who was selling it at, you know, a really great price. And he's like, no, I can't. There's just something about this car. Like it didn't even register him as an adult that it was the red. There was just something about the car. He just didn't like it. He went shopping for a house with his wife and they saw 
saw the perfect house in the perfect neighborhood. And they went in and it had a red door. And he was like, I know this seems like a good house, but there's just something about this house. I just don't like it. It just doesn't fit for me. I just don't like it. Now that's a pretty benign belief to have. But if you don't go back and revisit why you believe that, you still live with that because your child brain is hanging on to that. All of our brains, excuse me, back up for a minute. I just finished a um, NYU, mindful NYU course that was about nine months long. And one of the speakers was a woman who wrote a book about the brain's immune system. And in the book, she they did studies that your brain's job is to protect you. Just the only thing it needs to do is just protect you. It's the fight or flight. It's to let you know something is safe or something is unsafe. And if it's unsafe, you need to run, fight or flight. And that's what happens as a child. We're in fight or flight all the time because we're trying to figure out what the world is like, what's safe, what's unsafe. And so all of us, there isn't a person walking this earth who doesn't have a red door belief. Every single one of us has a red door. It could be based on something traumatic or it could be based on something pretty benign like this story, but we all have red doors. And until we go back and revisit what that red door is and why we think it happened and bring back the memory, it's going to become a blockage and a limiting belief for us. That's true. That is very true because I was just actually doing my research on trauma because I was going to do a separate podcast specifically discussing trauma and everything that you said is right on because that's exactly what it says you know sometimes it can happen from the smallest of ways they say that there's big t's and little t's the little t's are the you know the one that's not life-threatening and the big t's are the more life-threatening you know but at the end of the day trauma is very subjective you Mm -hmm. know because trauma is subjective there's no way to pinpoint if someone's trauma is worse than another's trauma because at the end of the day it's subjective so like you said that little boy he got scared and and now he associated red with bad and that could happen with any color you know any number or anything in the world you know what I mean it's crazy because people don't put that into perspective either you know parents will like to say oh I don't know why you say you had such a terrible childhood and why you're so dramatic and like life's so bad for you but as a child certain things are traumatic certain things are hardening and then they'll say oh well my childhood was worse well it's because certain things were more traumatic to you than your child you know and that's where I feel that a lot of people need to put it into perspective you know we need to remember that trauma is subjective and it's okay like how they feel it's okay but now it's time to recognize where it's coming from you know and that's why we need to recognize our dreams recognize our environment recognize when people are telling us stories because sometimes we will suppress it just because we already associate it in that traumatic way so Mm -hmm. it's amazing how people don't like to think about that you know they really don't and then once they don't want to think about something that's when those negative emotions and those just feelings in general don't get processed through the body right because I'm thinking it all together and it's just like everything makes sense of what you're saying it makes Mm -hmm. perfect sense and the fact that your book is more of a workbook than an actual book that's better because it gives people the opportunity to actually write it out 
world, you know, understand it themselves of it personally. Because yes, you could have somebody else's stories, but until you put it and turn the mirror back to you, then it's like, what do these big questions really mean to me? And I feel that a lot of people need to ask themselves those serious questions. So I thank you for being a part of the movements of finding ourselves and being awake and just trying to not be a robot in this life and be stuck in a rut because I feel that a lot of people are stuck in a rut because they don't even try to understand what they're feeling well they don't know the pen oh that's true they don't know that there is a door open to look inside they just live with the belief that I guess I just must be a bad person or I have bad luck or I don't deserve that. Or, you know, they come up with something that's, you know, against themselves to try to explain like why they're not happy. Well, I guess that's just my mother always would say, oh, I guess we just all had five children. We all grew up thinking, okay, I guess we're just going to have bad luck. Like this is what that belief was passed down. And so many times it is passed down generationally that people believe that. And they just Mm -hmm. keep replicating the same experiences over and over because they don't know that they can look inside and open many doors, clean out all those old beliefs, create new beliefs that support what you do want to have or be in your life and live a life that you couldn't even have dreamed of. Like my life is so amazing. I have so much love everywhere I look. I have a much better marriage than I could have ever thought of all those years ago. I have amazing relationships with my children. I mean, like everything is just so happy for me all the time. And if something comes up that doesn't make me happy, I always step back and go, okay, hold on a second. Okay. Why do you think this is happening? There's something that you need to learn from it. Either you need to learn something from it, or this is an old belief that's replicating itself. So you need to look at everything through the eyes of that new belief system to see, is this a perception? Am I attracting this? Because I think that that's what I deserve. Or is this here to teach me something? And there's always something to learn from every challenge or difficulty that comes up. Always. That's very true. Very true. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we wrap up the show? Or is there any advice that you wish you would have known when you were younger? Well, so many things I wish I knew when I was younger, but those are all the things I had to go through so that I could be the teacher that I am today. But I would say if I'd known back then that the negative experiences were the foundation for what my life was going to become, then maybe they wouldn't have been so painful at the time that they were happening. I guess the the advice I would like to leave people is to question everything. No matter what's going on, someone is saying, someone is doing, it doesn't matter. Question everything. Everything that is presented to you, there's something behind it. Um, If it's joy, accept it for what it is. If it's negative, then there's something that you need to learn from it. There's something that you can take from that, that you can turn it around and make it something better. Oh, wow. Thank you. I do like that advice that you would give yourself to tell yourself that every hardship would be a foundation to build it yourself. I feel that is very true. That is very true. Thank you. Because sometimes I have to look back and you can't regret sometimes when you look back, when you really do have appreciation of who you are now and what you have now in a different type of state of mind, then it really helps you appreciate your past with all of the ugly, all of the beautiful and everything 
everything that was in between, it really does give you that sense of appreciation. And that's true about questioning everything, you know, thank you for giving that advice to myself as well as my audience, because sometimes you have to question everything, you know, sometimes you have to question just your questions, you know, just because to find the real foundation of where it is and where it's coming from and why you need to go through certain things, you know, and it's all to make you a better person. So I think once we all realize that the end goal is to become a better human being, then we will be able to be more accepting at whatever life is happening and not be so resistant. So I thank you for your perspective. I thank you for your time. I thank you for sharing your story, your book, and just everything. You know, I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. You guys heard it. If you guys want to hear more, if you guys want to know more about Patricia, there's a link at mitzithinking.com. It's right under her pretty picture. And you will be able to find out more about Patricia and what she's trying to do. And if you need help or a little bit of guidance, hit her up. You know, she will gladly be able to give you more uh-huh. of her mind. Exactly. See, she even said it. <laughs> so check her it's out. My, it's my life vocation now. What I've learned and help other people turn their life. Awesome. See, you heard it. See, it's Patricia around. wants to teach what she has learned and share with the world. And I strongly believe that is true because if not, she wouldn't be here, right? That's the truth. <laughs> so thank y'all. Thank you.